Hey, it's Bobby. And Jared. And we are back with the Frankincense Podcast. We are excited to be here. Um, yeah. Last, convers- last couple of conversations have been really, really solid. Um, I want to. I really want to do uh, just a shout out and thank you to Ray Nelson and Eric Belcher for joining us last week. It was really good to to be in that with them. Yeah. Now, their friends and viewers going uh, back a ways. Uh, they were they were new to me, and uh, I've since followed them. I've since followed them on social media, and I'm just loving what I'm seeing. You know. Yeah. You know, Ray, Ray is always out there doing something. And fun fact. <laughs> Fun, you know, I I love what he posts, but fun fact, uh, you know, Eric uh, turned out to be the uh, coach at college of one of my former students, one of my own beloved. So wow, that's pretty awesome. So and yeah, I found that out because uh, you know her uh, mother listened to the podcast. So um, you know, it is a uh, small world. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, glad that she's listening or at least listened and glad that uh that's a that's a cool connection that's a real cool connection well um, you know that's the open door when you know somebody on the podcast you check it out yeah it's always so, it's always good moral of the story we need to keep having guests yeah i think that's true yeah because i think we're running low on people that we know so <laughs> but we're not ready. But we're not running low on things to talk about because, man, I, I wish we could back up and somehow record the conversation we had prior to. <laughs> we, we need to. We really need to start doing that more. We need to start actually recording our our ramble prior to our actual podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mean, that's where the comedy gold is because there, there's just no. I don't know. We're just gonna say crazier stuff because we don't think anyone can hear us but we need someone to secretly record the pre-show talk you know yeah i think but by the way nothing nothing that we say on the podcast is like repeat from before i i I had a friend ask me today she was a little surprised she goes wait 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 this podcast is unscripted and i was like i first i'm amazed that it doesn't show and I was like, yeah, I mean, a lot of times the ideas just go in raw. I mean, you know, we, we, we have background knowledge on a few things. And I said, he's a preacher. I'm a teacher. We've always got something to say about anything. <laughs> That's awesome that they, they couldn't tell that it was pre, pre-scripted. That's awesome. Right. Oh, that's funny. I tell you what, this, here we are in, uh, I don't know how many weeks of quarantine, but uh, we're recording this on uh, May 21st, so it's been a long time. It's been since uh, middle March. Everybody's been on lockdown, you know? Yeah. And uh, here we are, and uh, I'm still calling in from Skype. I look forward to a time when we can do this uh, face-to-face. I don't know how many feet apart we got to sit, but uh, I feel like uh, what people don't understand is when I call in, you lose a lot of that uh, that rich bass from my voice, and people don't know, but in person, I sound like Barry White. <laughs> yeah, that's and, it's true. And, and then, and, and when I call in on Skype, I can't help but notice I sound like a short person from the backwoods of West Virginia. I mean, yeah, you can you can go almost as far as like a um, kind of like a Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, um, <laughs> come on you know i i have a lot of fond memories about gilbert gottfried uh for those of you who who don't know prior to streaming days 
people used to sit up and watch crazy movies all night on cable TV. Do, do, were you a fan of uh, Gilbert Gottfried and the uh, USA Up All Night? It was it was a move. It was just movies hosted by Gilbert Gottfried. So every commercial break, he'd come in and have something smart alecky to say. He was always doing something, you know, but that, that's where, that's where as a kid you're introduced to, and by kid, I mean like 12 or 13, you're introduced to the magic of Gilbert Godfrey. You know? I had no idea his uh, stand-up, his stand-up act would be uh, the on-purpose most offensive thing it could ever possibly be. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's ridiculous stand-up, but he, um, my, so for people who don't know, Gilbert Godfrey obviously was the voice of Iago, the the parrot on uh, Aladdin. Yeah, um, that's his claim to fame, I think, for for most people. Yeah, and if you watch the movie the the Problem Child, right? You remember, you remember that? Oh movie? yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, he was the I think he was the principal or he was the lead director of the um, yeah foster care place. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. He shows up in a lot of weird places, and I, I seem to remember him as like a daycare uh, instructor, a daycare teacher in like Look Who's Talking Two or Three or something like that. You know? so, yeah, Look Who's Talking Two. Actually, I think it was um, where he was, yeah. he was that. Yeah, that's that's really good. Well, <laughs> well hey, that, that was a deep cut right there. That was yeah, really. Um, well, hey, man, um, we are going to be talking today about something, um, you know, a little bit lighter than what we've been talking about uh, for the past couple episodes, yeah. but something still very important to the church, very important to followers of Christ. And, um, you know, I think it's something that uh, we see different ways that different ways it occurs, and we want to yeah. make sure that we kind of address it. And we're going to talk about evangelism. Um you know, we have the the sandwich board signs sign people. We have the bullhorn people. We have the uh, track people that walk around and, and flop them all over the place and hand them to people. And we have the people who have the just have the shirts that just kind of say, you know, honk if you love Jesus. You know? Oh, I've been the last two you described. I've been that guy. Yeah, I mean, you have, uh, and then you have the people who do um, outrageous things to draw attention to themselves. And then, okay. in hopes of the fact that maybe um, it'll draw people to want to think about Jesus or dig deeper into Jesus, um, you know, such as people who have been in um, uh, South America or even in in in, a, in North America here in the United States, we've heard of people doing the the where they put themselves on a cross, an actual cross, and they and they hang there like Jesus did. Um, you know, oh, okay. Almost the, like a thing, uh, almost like a performance art or some kind of shock uh, yeah. type of thing that draws attention to itself. Yeah. Yeah. Or the people who will do a crosswalk where they have a cross yeah. and they have it on wheels and you know they're walking around or they're carrying it on their back or whatever and they're walking around um, to draw attention to the cross and you know in in those different ways and so. Um, you know, there's different ways to do evangelism. There's different ways to share the gospel. And, and we're going to talk yeah. about that. And I, and I thought that it'd be a good conversation as to what are some healthy ways to do evangelism and what are unhealthy okay. ways to do evangelism. And then to think about what Jesus would actually say in the process. Well, I'm going to have to play the part of um, learning with the audience because uh, 
I, this is not something I'm good at or even know about. I, I don't consider myself a good evangelical or a good, uh, would the word be evangelizer? <laughs> yeah, um, you can call yourself a, um, a, yeah. a evangelist, a good evangelist. Evangelist. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Bobby had to help an English teacher come up with the right form of the word. <laughs> I mean, you can call it an evangelizer. I mean, that's okay, too. But um, There's no way evangelizer is a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I, probably not. I don't know. I've, I've never, yeah. I've never yeah. heard it, but we can make it up. It's okay. Um, this, is, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Um, that's right. But... So, so evangelism. First off, let's define evangelism, right? So we're going to go ahead and look at um, good old Google Dictionary because that's what we do in this day and age. Yeah. And evangelism is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Um, okay. So, so that's the definition. I didn't find specific to Christianity. You know, one time a uh, student just in the hallway uh, of the school just make a conversation he says so where, where does the word evangelical come from and i explain what evangelism is and he said doesn't every religion try to do that try to you know send spread its message or get people to believe you know yeah well so evangel- evangelism um actually it, it actually does come out of the scriptures um it's a word evangelion. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably mispronouncing it. Some person who's like master at Greek is going to tell me that I said it wrong. Um, well, you didn't say evangelizer, so you're ahead of the game. There you go. Right now, yeah. <laughs> but um, so evangelion is like the. It's basically referring to the spreader of the gospel. So the good news. Okay. It's a person who t- um, speaking of the good news. Um, yeah. And so ultimately, what the whole process is is actually sharing the good news of Jesus in, in, in some, in some way. And so, but the thing is what has happened with evangelism is that it has kind of sprouted out to being some crazy things, but also some good things that have, that have either, um, some, some forms of evangelism actually does, does help the church, but others actually causes more damage and pushes people away. And so, um, I kind of want to talk about that because, um, yeah. Famously, Rob Bell, who once I say the name, we probably just lost several people because we're all heretic. Um, but I'm not going to talk about yeah, that right now. He, he was really like uh, kind of the polarizing figure there. Yeah. I tell you what, I do remember uh, prior to the split over him, I, I do remember every other like media savvy <laughs> like you pastor sharing those videos, man. Yeah, the Numa videos, man. They were they were great yeah. videos. I I loved them. Um, I still have yeah. a bunch of them. Um, I still show them on occasion because honestly, just because where he's kind of gone the- theologically now, um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily take away from what he taught theologically then. Honestly, because okay. what he did then was pretty good. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying what he does now is completely horrible. I just think that there's you know the universalist side of things is a little bit hard to understand. But you know, hey, that's a, that's a whole other stuff we could talk about some other time. But um, yeah. but one of the things that he 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 did an episode of. Um, a video of, of Numa called a uh, bullhorn. And he actually spoke about the person yelling on the corner, street corner, like talking through the bullhorn, trying to draw people's attention to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and that is a famous way that people kind of mock evangelism, talk about evangelism. Um, you know, I've been to Vegas at, uh, several times and I was actually in Vegas in, uh, it was in May of a couple years ago. 
Um, and I was with a friend of mine. He has a he has a timeshare there, and so we just he's like, "Hey, can you come out and spend some time?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's do it." So we we went, you know, and it was just he and I hanging out in Las Vegas. We're both married men. We're both we both have kids. It was like we were just going to hang out together in Vegas because he had a timeshare. So let's do it. Well. We're walking through, and um, there was a person there that was just yelling about, you are a sinner, you're going to hell, yeah. saying all this stuff to people as they're walking by. And right. presumably... I know, I know that guy thinks he's in, like, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. You know, right, because Vegas is sometimes referred to either endearingly or jokingly or even critically as, like, the modern-day Sodom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Sin City, right? That's kind of how they right, refer to it. Right, right. Um, and so, but I walk by him and he makes eye contact with me and he's just yelling how much of a sinner that these people are. But he's also looking at me and saying, you're all going to hell. Okay. And so I instantly looked at him and I said, um, I hope not because I'm a pastor. Yeah. And he shut down, but he looked at me and like, well, well, hey, brother kind of thing. Right. But I was yeah. like. I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I don't find this okay. Only because yeah. you don't know who's walking by you right now. And you're yelling, saying that we're all going to hell. And in my mind, I'm going, is it because we're walking on the street that you're saying that? Or because we're in the right. same city? Because in reality, you're here too. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and, and so th- there was kind of a, a like this, in, this weird interaction that I had with him. But that weird feeling in me that was like, wait a second, is this really how we're supposed to be sharing the good news of Jesus when we're telling people they're all going to hell? Um, right. And that they're all sinners going to hell. Um, I'm, and I'm not taking away from that because that is a reality. That is a truth of scripture, right? That we are, that we're all separated from Christ, from God, that we need Jesus to bridge the gap so we can be reconciled and, and, and brought into a right relationship with our creator. That is true in scripture. Um, yeah. However, I also don't see a whole lot of evidence pointing to Jesus or his disciples going to the people saying, um, turn or burn. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I, my, my thought today, and I know we're already like 15 minutes into this thing, but I still want to talk, I want to talk about these different ways of evangelism, talk about how things cause damage. And, and I want to talk about our interactions with evangelism, um, ways that we've done it, uh, ways that we've experienced it, um, maybe being done to us. And then let's and then let's talk about really how to keep it healthy and not being too, um, I guess, hurtful to the church in the process. So, okay, yeah. So you said that you were a guy who used to wear the shirt and, and hand out tracks. I did. I was really inspired by this idea that everything that you can do in life, uh, you know, uh, everything about you uh, should somehow be employed to share the gospel. I still, I still think that that's true. I just, that was when I was trying some things out to go about it differently. But, uh, you know, you, you, you know, I, I really got into Jesus, uh, big time, uh, through youth group at church, you know, and, uh, that was sort of the thing, you know, you'd go to like conferences or camps and they'd say, listen, you know, God's going to use all your talents. 
You know, God gave you those talents. I mean, the word talent comes from the Bible. God put that in you. That's going to be invested, you know, in in the spiritual sense. It's going to be invested into the kingdom of God. It's going to grow, like in the parable of talent, you know. Yeah. And and that's that that seemed real. And so when you're young, you're trying to figure out ways to do that. And you're like, maybe the T-shirt will help. You know, maybe the T-shirt's a way to do that. You know, Uh, maybe the track. (laughs) Well, hell, I mean, shoot, remember Chick Tracks? I read those things in church instead of listening to the sermon because, number one, the sermon's just as boring as it could be. But, you know, <laughs> number two is like, hey, you know, um, <clears throat> number two is just like, hey, it's a comic book, you know? So I would, I would watch those things. And, you know, the coolest ones were about the book of Revelation. You know, you'd see a guy like sawed in half, you know, light, you know, <laughs> in, in, the, in the battle of Megiddo or something like that, you know. Right. And so you're right. So anyway, you had all that. And, um, you know, I just used to watch those things. And I thought maybe I need to give these out. Like maybe this will work. You just... I don't know. We were thinking like maybe anything would help. You know, our youth pastors kind of inspired us to do this and they were very well-meaning and they're trying to get kids involved, you know. Um, I've since changed in that, um, but I I don't put it past anything to be an outreach, you know. Yeah, and I think that um, when it's done in that way, and I I think that – you know, let's talk about tracks a little bit here. So I was, okay. so I wasn't raised. Obviously, I, well, I've, I've said this before. I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I've seen the tracks, and I've seen like the little things that people put out there. Um, and I want to kind of address the tracks. So okay. there are the ones that kind of come in like a little book form that kind of give a little story of the gospel, and that's really cool. I, I enjoy that. But the the problem the problem that I always had with tracks was this: that it, yeah. might, it might have a website that they can go to to go check okay. out more information or they might have a phone number to call. Now you call that phone number, you, you have a computerized voice or you might have somebody who kind of um, may or may not know what they're talking about. Um, they're just kind of there talking to you. Um, That's what happens when you call? Sometimes. Yeah. When, when, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, I had one track that I, that I called one time I was, I think I was, uh, I was 17, and I, I already like knew Jesus. I, um, I accepted him into my life when I was 16, and so um, at 17 years old, I found a track and I, I gave the call. And there was a computer; yeah. vo- it was a computer voice basically telling me um, about the details of whether if, if I didn't know God that I was going to go to hell. And then yeah. it was, and so it was like a computer voice telling me stuff, and I'm like, whoa, this is scaring me. So I'm getting off the phone right now. So that was that one. Um, anything, anything, computer voice tells you. You're like even if it's like, hello, we've been trying to reach you about your vehicle's warranty. You know? <laughs> yeah, forget that. Forget so, that. If you would like to go to hell, press one. If you would like to go to heaven, press two. Right. And then you have, <laughs> then you have some where, um, like, I, I know for instance that there's been. Um, a popular televangelist guy who people love um, and you know he, he is what he is we've talked about him I think on this podcast a little bit but okay. um, but it, this person they, they they listen to him and when you call to get his book um, you call and you you know whatever that or you ask for prayer that there's actually like outsourced um, telemarketers. And a friend of my my wife and I, my a friend of ours, um, was a, was a telemarketer, who was a part of these phone calls, 
and at this time, this person didn't know Jesus. She, yeah. you know, or she, she knew Jesus, but she wasn't like connected with him in that way. And she had a, a written out prayer that she had to read to these people and then try to get them to buy the book. Right. That for me was like, you've got to be kidding me. Right. Because you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. But, but this is where some of the dangers are with these, with these ideas of, of giving out just phone numbers or emails because, or I mean, or um, websites, because from a church perspective, you're handing out these tracks saying, go to this place. Just because you buy them from a Christian bookstore, you buy them from something like that, does not mean that the company that, um, or the website that they're going to visit with the information on this track is actually giving information that falls in line with your theology or even your doctrine of your church. So if you aren't familiar with the website yourself, you shouldn't be handing out the tracks because you don't know what you're telling these people after they read this track. So you're believing I that's true. That seems really crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so so this is these are the dangers of the tracks is that okay, here's that. But then what people have also done is that they use this as a way to avoid doing things that are actually helpful to society and they cause damage. So for instance, yeah. there's the track that looks like a one hundred dollar bill that on the back of it asks people if they know Jesus. Now people have been using that to tip their waiters and servers. Oh my gosh. That is super frustrating. Oh man, what a letdown. <laughs> yeah. And they think that, oh well, this is how I'll evangelize. I'm gonna get out of tipping because I don't want the I don't want them to worship oh. money. You and, would do better you would do better you would be better off if you flipped a little gospel message to like maybe just an actual twenty dollar bill. Yeah. You know, and gave that to a waiter, you know. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you're not, you're not. Um, I mean, you're just. I don't know. You're, you're getting somebody's hopes up. It's like, yo, I worked hard tonight. I can pay this bill now. Oh, I can't pay this bill. It's a gospel track, you know. Oh, Christian bait and switch. Exactly. I feel frustrated just thinking about it. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? It's it, it is. It's a Christian bait and switch. It's a thing that people. Um, that for some reason they think that this is actually a good tool to use. Now, I get it. Like, I understand it. But when you are thinking that I'm going to substitute this for a good action, and that's what I think tracks have done. That's what I think a lot of these other tools have done is that they've actually forgotten what the actual meaning of evangelism is. And let's go back to it because the meaning of evangelism was the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness, right? Yeah. So now when you're handing a track, you are not public preaching and you are not sharing a personal witness. You're just giving it to them for them to read something. And then hopefully they'll follow up and, and ask the questions. You're not building a relationship with them which is a key part yeah. of, of, of good, healthy evangelism. You're not um, following up with them personally after you, because you're handing out a bunch of tracks. You're just going to go ahead and just give it to them, hoping that they follow it. And then you're not following up with them because you have you don't know their name. You haven't even asked them their name. You're just handing them the track. Um, right. And, and this isn't me knocking tracks. It's just me saying that for us, when it comes to evangelism and doing it right, we need to think through our processes just a little bit more than just saying, here's a track, read it. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, it, it, as a person who, I've also gone door to door with people, right? Mm -hmm. As like a, you know, a way to uh, spread the gospel. And uh, some people 
are really good at going door to door. And um, I, I've seen it work, and I've gone with these people, and I've watched what they do, and it's pretty amazing. They can read a room like nobody's business, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that I find that terrifying, and I'm an outgoing person, but I find that terrifying. Uh, I think it's because in general, I, I know that I'm a terrible salesman of anything. <laughs> Even if I really believe in the product, you know, yeah. and uh, but the the the, the uh, track, uh, the gospel track, or something that lacks that sort of personal interaction, just feels a lot safer. It feels like a little bit of a hit and run. Like mm. here's the gospel now, get in, get out, and I don't really have to risk my my heart. You know, I don't really have to find a you know an awkward silence or something like that. You know. So. Yeah, and I think again, you know, going to the shirts, going to the um, the bumper stickers, you know, having yeah. those little those little yeah. phrases, and we've talked about this a little bit too um, in in uh, in our previous podcast. We talked about the idea of having a shirt that says something or a bumper sticker that says something. If you're going to have those things, you better be living out what the message you're carrying. Because now yeah. you've kind of put a target on your back. We've talked about the fact that like people wearing the, you know, I may be in the magic kingdom, but I, but I'm here for the the real kingdom or something like that. I can't remember what it said now in Disney World, but it was, um, <laughs> but it was like, you know, um, but the reality of it is, is that you have these people wearing these shirts, but then at the same time they're they're getting grumpy because they have to wait in line. And that's no pun intended because you're at Disney World, okay? But they were being grumpy. Oh yeah, um, that joke was dope. That that was a dull dad joke without meaning to be a dad joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. No need to feel bashful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me happy. Um, uh, ah. uh, but <laughs> oh man, I'm out. I can't remember any more dwarfs. Uh, I, I, listen, now we're just getting dopey. All right, now we're just getting dopey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So, but the reality of it is, right, is that you have these people who are wearing these shirts, having these bumper stickers, getting mad because they have to wait in line, yelling at their kids. Um, yelling at other people, you know, yeah. they're, um, it's like you're, they're not demonstrating what you're wearing. So when you wear those shirts and you have the bumper stickers and evangelism is your idea, remember what you're pointing to. You're you're pointing to Christianity. You're pointing to the good news of Jesus. And so yeah. if you are wearing a shirt and you're all ticked off at the world, um, you're not pointing out a good idea of what Christianity is and, and, and what the good I, I really hope that if you leave a gospel chat, uh, for a waiter or waitress, I, I hope you've left a good tip of actual cash, not one hundred dollars fake cash. And I hope that you were the best customer. I mean, you know, because you know, a lot of people they can't handle power, even a little bit of power. Mm-hmm. And when you, you have a food server, you have a little bit of power. And some people just have to abuse that. You know, the Karens of the world, there's their <laughs> call. You know. Um, I don't know what the male version of a Karen is, uh, you know, um, but we'll figure that out one day. Science is working on it. But yeah. anyway, uh, I, you know, I hope you're the best customer and I hope that you made that server feel loved and appreciated in some other way, you know? Uh, but I, I will say this, I, the people that I grew up around, uh, who really prided themselves on their, the way they carried themselves as Christians out there, I think they actually thought that they were helping um, to evangelize people, not with their behavior, not with their words, but with their haircut and mm. their tie. 
you know? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, because to them, uh, having a certain haircut meant that you were Christian. Uh, Having a tie on on Sunday meant that you were Christian, you know? Yeah. And I think that that was the the T-shirt of yesteryear, you know, was looking like you dressed up on Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and and again, using those as the tools to evangelize is, is a very is a dangerous way to look at it, right? Because now it's like, um, it's kind of like, it's almost like using um, contemporary Christian music to point to your how your level of Christianity, like, oh, so oh, yeah. oh yeah, how many third day songs do you know? How many casting oh, crown? How many casting crown songs do you know? How many well, Chris Tomlin from yeah. the first two third day albums, and that's it. <laughs> It's like, but but we start kind of creating this like this is what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, because right, it's like you're 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 in the club a little bit, and I'm I'm a little bit out of the loop sometimes with uh, popular Christianity. Like I went to Winter Jam, and I loved Winter Jam, but you know what, my friend, I didn't know half the bands there. <laughs> I knew, I did. I'm not kidding. I knew Andy Minio, and I knew Dave Crowder. That's it. And there were there were something like seven or eight groups at this thing and one of them goes back to like the 80s and i had never heard of them and i thought dang i must be a bad christian (laughs) yeah and and so again this is that idea of what does it mean to evangelize and and even winter jam is a way for people to evangelize right because oh it really is and i i want to tell you i used to really envy um christian musicians i thought man you know we're all supposed to be out here sharing the gospel but these people could do it through music, and everybody pays attention to them. They don't have to get too close, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I look at that with such envy, not because of their guitar skills, but because they could talk about Jesus, and people would listen to them, and they really didn't have to, like, uh, put themselves out there as much, right? Now, I understand performing is putting yourself out there, but boy, that's not like going door to door, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not like sitting down next to your friend and going, man let's talk about Jesus, you know? I just thought, man, if I could just get up there, sing a rock song, <laughs> be like, good night, Seattle, you know, and walk off, I would be like, man, that'd be the life, you know? Yeah, and I think, again, this is where we, we have to understand, like, what does it really mean to evangelize? Is it just getting somebody to a Christian concert that's going to get them to know Jesus? Um, is it going to be... Do people read my shirt? Hopefully that will get them to understand Jesus. Yeah. Or we go to that next level, like we talked about earlier, the people with the cross carries, right? Where you have somebody walking through town, holding a cross, and possibly dressed like Jesus, maybe not, you know, but you're just walking through town carrying the cross. And and I'm not knocking people who do this because I think that's, okay, that's a cool thing that they're thinking, right? But the reality of it is, though, is that um, – what what picture is it painting, right? What what picture yeah. is it painting? Because now is it a who's that weird guy carrying a cross, right? Um, yeah. What does this really mean? And then your hope is that people are going to spend enough time watching you or following you or come to where you are to understand yeah. what you're doing. Um, and I keep imagining that I would be like Forrest Gump when he was jogging coast to coast. And then people started to follow him, you know, like maybe if I carry this cross, like people will come out and follow me. Yeah. That, well, that's just not going to happen, is it? No, 
It's not. I was invited. I was invited to do a crosswalk one time, and I had never heard of it. Somebody said, "Hey, let's do this thing." And honest to goodness, I think she was making it up, not even realizing it was a thing. And I read what she wanted me to do, and I said, "No, nah, I don't know about that." You know, <laughs> something, something about it felt weird. It also kind of felt like a, you know how you have to consider the source on things. Mm-hmm. This was a very uh, overzealous uh, new Christian, you know. Yeah, and I, she was just going for anything that, that she could do. But uh, you said some people have wheels on it. That just seems like cheating to me. <laughs> I, I've seen people with wheels on it. I've seen people who actually like they kind of pass it off to others. Like just always, like they walk maybe five hundred feet and then they hand it off to somebody else and let them carry it five hundred feet. And and granted, like they're trying to they're trying to demonstrate what it looks like to be carrying that cross. But a lot of times these crosses look a lot like per, like really perfect, you know. Um, yeah, and, and which is not how it was. Like you know, we, we for some reason we've we've created these like perfect T shaped things that people were hanging yeah. on. But um, you know, they, weirdly decorated sometimes. Like you ever see someone like in a very well meaning way, but frightening like decorate a cross for easter <laughs> it's like covered with flowers or like eggs or something so weird yeah and and again like i i want to make sure people understand what i'm saying i'm not i am not yeah. knocking the, these tools i'm just wondering how effective they really are if we aren't doing exactly like if we aren't looking at what what the the term for evangelism is when we're supposed yeah. to be spreading the christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness when you're just handing something over, you're not talking to people about your personal relationship with Jesus. You're not learning about their understanding of Jesus. You're not even really preaching to them. You're not even sharing with them like wh- who who this Jesus is. You're handing them a piece yeah. of paper. When you wear a shirt and you just stay silent, you're not preaching anything and you're not sharing why you even wear the shirt. So that's not no, a, that's yeah. not evangelism. When you're carrying a cross, yeah, you might be pointing people to like to try to figure out what the cross is, but they're not learning anything about why you feel called to do such a thing. They're not learning. Yeah. They're not learning anything about your personal experience with Jesus. They're not learning about the actual reason why Jesus took the cross, unless they take the time to go look into Scripture, or like you said, they start following you like they do with Forrest Gump because they see something and they want to keep walking to figure out what's this all about. Yeah. Which most of the time nowadays, that's not happening either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if something like that did happen, that'd just be a miracle. I mean, that'd be the spirit of God, like calling those people out. You know, I, I don't think it'd be because you know they were particularly interested in the person, you know, doing the doing the deed. So, well, and, so what's a oh, go ahead? Yeah. Well, I was well, going to say, I was, was going to say that what the, <laughs> we're talking over each other on this one. We are, yeah. Well, I was going to say that most of the time what happens at these events, though, too, is who are the people who end up crowding around? It's the people who already understand what's happening, right? Yeah. And it's like a way for us to kind of, again, be in that club, feel comfortable, know that this is our message being proclaimed. But very rarely do we see these people who are celebrating at these moments actually drawing in other people to come and experience it for themselves who are not followers of Christ. Oh yeah. So what, what, what do you think of evangelism looks like, like proper evangelism? Well, I, I really believe that proper evangelism is exactly what we see in the de- definition, um, public preaching, right? So 
and 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 I'm saying I'm not saying standing on the corner, like preaching like 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 hellfire brimstone. I am yeah. saying because you're pointing to the gospel, the Christian gospel, right? So the Christian gospel is what? It's the good news of Jesus. That's what gospel is. Yeah. It's good news, and Christian is based on the New Testament, right? Right, um, right. And so a lot of times you see a lot of Old Testament preaching or Revelation preaching um, because that's where all the scary stuff is going on and you want to, and you want to get people to f- be so scared that that's right. why they come to Jesus. Um, I definitely fear is uh, the most mobilizing emotion. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's the, the emotion of the gospel, but... <laughs> But everybody knows if you want to get quick results in anything, advertising, politics, you spread fear. You know. Well, I mean, you see the you see those other things, the um, the the houses, the haunted houses, but they're not really haunted houses. They're like the the kind that oh. walk you through the elements of hell, yeah, the hell house or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm telling you. We would have thought of in the 80s or 90s when we were sitting there thinking, like, how can we use all of our talents to glorify God? <laughs> we would have come up with it. We didn't come up with it. I I think we came just short of that. <laughs> just short of that a couple of times. I mean, we did a lot of interactive events. By we, I mean, like, you know, my youth group, you know. Yeah. We did a lot of interactive events, and we did some things like uh, Persecution Night, where it was almost like this role-playing interactive thing where you had to get around church camp from place to place without being caught by the Romans. You oh, know what I mean? Underground church. Yeah. Yeah. We did that stuff and it was really cool and meaningful to me, but uh, we never thought of the hell house, you know? Yeah. But again, I want to say who is that serving, right? Oh, yeah. it's serving. Yeah. So, so underground church would not yeah. serve um, a, no. an unchurched person. That would serve somebody who's in the church. Even Hell House is not a way to really – it's really more for Christians to go and be like, oh, man, thank goodness I am a Christian. Um, and then you take somebody in there right. and they get so scared that they're afraid they're going to go to hell that they right. accept Jesus. And then after that's all over, there's yeah. no one building that relationship, no one developing – I mean, okay, let me take that back. There might be somebody building relationships with some of them. But the reality yeah. of it is there's a lot who who don't have follow-up. Um, I, would, I would be afraid that I would fail in the other way, like that maybe the hell house I would create or act in. Would be would be not scary enough, and then people then you evangelize people at the end, and they go, "Well, I guess hell's not that scary." <laughs> I mean, look at that. That, that guy's that guy. That's obviously made of bubble wrap. You know, that costume, you know. This blood is ketchup. What's your deal, dude? Yeah. You know, and I've been to like other like plays where they've had people who, you know, the different stages of, you know, here's a person who yeah. was drink, drinking and driving and they wreck and then all of a sudden they end up in hell. And, oh, yeah. Um, I've acted in those, Bobby. I have acted in those. I've also acted in legitimate haunted houses that weren't made for evangelism. They were just made to scare people and it's a little too easy to scare people, I want to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and that's I think for for me like that's how we know I think that's how we know we're not doing proper evangelism, yeah. Because we're scaring people into a relationship with Jesus. Proper evangelism does not scare people into a relationship with Jesus. 
because they're pointing to the love, the hope, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the mercy, the grace of Jesus. We explain why it's needed. We need to we need to explain the fact that we've been separated from God, but we don't need yeah. to, we don't need to tell them that well because of this you're going to go to hell or weeping and gnashing of teeth and you're going to look it looks like you got scars all over you making up stuff about hell that doesn't necessarily be spoken of in scripture. Um, no, we, 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 I, I know making hell out to be like kind of like an '80s horror flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not even really what I think the Bible would lead us to believe that hell is. You know? Yeah, and and that's and that's the other danger. So so a healthy evangelism points to the true gospel. Does not yeah. use fear to get people to go to the gospel. Does not make yeah. up stuff in order to scare people. Because then, if you're going to make stuff up about hell, what are you making up about heaven? Right, yeah. Um, because it's very clear what heaven's going to be like in Scripture. It talks about and and the metaphorical stuff that Jesus speaks of when it comes to hell is referencing a place that's burning because it's a trash heap. Right. It's yeah. like, this is this is what we see in Scripture. Saying it's like um, I believe it's uh, uh, Gehenna is the is one of the is one of the terms. You know, is that this is hell. Like it's going to be like this giant burning nasty trash place that is going to be constant, right? Um, And there's a great book uh, that I recommend. It's called Four Views on Hell. Um, And it it covers all the different – well, not all the different, but the four main views on hell. So it talks about the universalist view. It talks about the – oh, man, my mind's blank. But it basically talks about the the view of like basically – if you're if you're going to hell, then you just poof, you're done, like you're gone, right? If you're going to heaven, you're eternity. But if you go to hell, you're gonna just like basically explode, um, and then oh my god, so like a an annihilation. Yeah, type thank you. Thing. That, that's the word that I was looking for, annihilation. Yeah. Um, so look, see, look, you helped me out with that. I helped you out with evangel- evangelist. That's there we go. Um, but like, so there's there's different views. It's a really great book, four views on hell. But um, so so don't use fear to draw people in. Proper, healthy evangelism will be using tools of, of again, love, grace, relationship. Um, you are going to be actually demonstrating your faith, demonstrating why and how you yeah. experience your faith. Um, again, sitting at a, at a table in a restaurant and thinking, I'm going to lay down a fake $100 bill and think that that's evangelism. No, I, I love your idea. You take a twenty. 20- I got mad again. I got <laughs> mad again while you were talking like, all over again. I just went right back to it. If boy, if anyone wants to be mad, hand me one of those hundred dollar bills. Uh, and, and, I don't know what I might do. But take the twenty dollar bill. Write write down why you love Jesus and why and and why you're giving them yeah. a large tip, and say. Yeah. Um, and we hope that you come to know Jesus too. If you would like to talk about Jesus, contact me, you know, because now you've opened the door for them to contact you for information about Jesus, why you are giving them such a good tip, why you were such a great customer. Why were you so, why did you want to know who they were? Why did you want to know why they were working in their position that they're working in? Right. All of a sudden, because you're asking questions, because you're learning about them, now you're building a bridge. Now you can actually be evangelizing because you're sharing the gospel in a way that points to Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what we've lost in evangelism because yelling at people on the on the side of the street, handing out tracts, telling people how horrible they are is not going to turn people toward Jesus because honestly, I think people realize for the most part 
the bad parts about themselves, right? They don't, they don't need a reminder about their brokenness. People know that they have low self-esteem. People know that they have anger. People know that they have uh, addiction. People know those things. They don't need to be yeah. told how horrible they are. They may be told how loved they are by Jesus, and that is why we evangelize. Yeah. Well, I I can see that you know I'm thinking about what Jesus did, and so often what he did was actually feed people, and he actually healed people. And when you talk about relationship, I'm like, dang, you know, feeding and healing. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're you know, I mean, there are just ways that we really can do this stuff. You know, not necessarily in the miraculous sense that, that Jesus did, but. Um, you know, my uh, wife, for instance, we got to get them on here to talk about this because that, you know, my wife was inspired by your wife, Bobby, and how your wife, I don't want to speak for her or what she does, but let's just put it out there to say that I, I know that she gets groups of women together, you know, mm-hmm. and there's some healing conversation that goes on, right? Yeah. Albany, my wife, Albany was inspired by this and she has kind of started doing the same kind of thing, you know, even through the quarantine, you know, they're, they're meeting and like having Zoom conversations and stuff and there is healing talk. And I know in that healing, there are open doors to share the gospel, you know? And I think about, you know, that might be our way, you know, of, of reaching people Jesus's way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when you when you bring that up, it's like think about Zacchaeus on the tree, right? He climbs that sycamore tree to be able to to be able to get a glimpse of Jesus, and Jesus says, "Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm come down from the tree. Um, let's go eat together. I'm going to eat at your house, right?" Yeah. And when he ate at his house, that's when transformation occurred for Zacchaeus. Um, yeah. And he was sitting and eating with um, with uh, um, Simon in in his house, and all of a sudden, you know, other people kind of start glimpsing in, and and then. The, the woman with the with the alabaster jar comes in, right? It's like, you see all these things that start to happen when he's eating and, and hanging out in these individual groups and, and building these relationships. And people are saying, we want to be a part of that. That's yeah. what draws people in, right? When they know they have a personal God who wants to build a relationship with them, who wants to honor that relationship with them. And when yeah. we, and, but, but Jesus has said, that we're supposed to be doing the same thing. And so, yeah. so evangelism is going out and teaching what he taught us, making disciples, baptizing, right? Those are the steps of what we're supposed to be doing when it comes to the Great Commission, right? Yes. Because in Matthew 28, yeah. it says we are supposed to go out, make disciples, teach, right? Teach, make yeah. disciples, baptize. Like those are our things. And when we fail... Because we, we want to jump into the teaching and the baptizing. We forget about the discipleship part. Um, yeah. Dallas Willard, actually, a great theologian, um, wrote the the great um, the great what was it the great omission of the great commission. Okay, uh, which which is discipleship. He says yeah. we can go out and teach by and by teaching like we we can talk about tracks. We can talk about all that stuff. And we talk about baptizing. We can't wait to have the baptism numbers because the baptism numbers is what makes people see like, look, we're ch- we're changing lives. Look at all these baptism numbers. 
But yeah. then discipleship has failed because there aren't relationships being built. There isn't mentoring occurring. There isn't um, a, a development of their faith. It's just more of a, you come to church or you come to this event or you come to this and you, you hear about Jesus and then you get baptized. And then after that, good luck. And yeah. I said, that is the biggest omission of the Great Commission because now we're losing out on people who are really embracing and living out their faith. Yeah. And so in in all fairness, and I want to say this because Jesus had some words for people who um, who did things not as he would do them. Um, because yeah. again, I don't want to sound like I'm completely like knocking all these people. These are just not things that I feel are really helpful for the cause. But his disciples came to him and said, Jesus, there's people who are baptizing over here. Um, they're not a part of our group. They're saying all this stuff, and they're saying that they're doing it in your name, but they're not a part of our disciple, like our, our disciple team. You know? And Jesus said, look, like, if they're not against us, then they're for us, right? Like, I mean, like, that's yeah, the reality. Yeah. Like, and so whatever they're doing, whatever tactics they're using, they're doing it in my name. I mean, look, it's not hurting us too much. Let it, let it go. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to say, if it's not causing damage, okay. But yeah. when but when it is using fear tactics, fear is not of God, right? Nah, yeah. And, and we know that. But yet there's these Christian churches that use this fear tactic, that's not of yeah. God. So so don't do that anymore. Like, and if you do yeah. do that, then check then check why you're doing that because that's not a really under clear understanding of what Christianity Jesus is. Um, if you're doing things that are causing people to think that Christians are cheap or bad customers or um, they they dread a Sunday because after church they know that the Christians are coming in. Um, yeah. Then you're not doing a good job of evangelizing because they should actually enjoy seeing your face. They should enjoy knowing that you're coming into the restaurant because they know that they're going to get <laughs> a good, good tip. Um, oh man, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, was there anybody, uh, you know, except for a person who already had uh, a religion, <laughs> you know, like a Pharisee? Was there anybody who was sad to see Jesus? Yeah, no. In fact, we're so glad to see Jesus. They're like, oh my gosh, Jesus is here, you know, and I've had chronic bleeding or I have <laughs> leprosy or, you know what I mean? It's like Jesus is here. It's the one guy that can actually cure it, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to like say, I'm not saying this in a bragging way, but I am saying yeah. that like we, our church, like when we have events and we've, and we've um, had like, you know, pizza delivered or whatever, like, yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of times I'm the one that's kind of controlling the tip and I, I tip them fairly well because honestly, yeah. um, you know, I, you know that that speaks to them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because one time there was an event that we did. Um, I can't remember what we had, but like they showed up at like seven o'clock and they were dropping off pizzas and I had like a, I think I gave him, well, I gave him a good tip and he came back. Like the guy actually like walked out and he came back and he seriously was like, thank you. And I said, hey, man, like, this is, these are the resources that we have. God's blessed us with. Um, we're honoring it back to you. So go, you know, and he was like, and he's like, and then I, then I saw him, he and his family, like it was his girlfriend or wife. I'm not really sure. And two kids and they were at the gas station and I was getting gas. And he's like, and I heard him say, that's the pastor who was able to feed us. 
Oh yeah. And I was like, what? And then I, wow. I and I didn't I didn't register, but then but then he came up, he's like, I was the guy that you gave that tip to. He's like, honestly, he's like, I was working late and on, we didn't have any food. He's like, But your tip wow. your tip helped wow. us get some groceries and honestly like we were able to eat for the next week because of what you tipped us and I was like, dude thank you for sharing that story with me i said praise god because honestly like that was just that's from our church like that was in my personal yeah. life, but our church had that's, the resources that's a message for all of us i mean you may not be able to uh break that pizza up and feed the five thousand with it but you can leave a big enough tip and feed the whole crew at domino's pizza <laughs> yeah i mean like you know and and i think that when we when we stretch ourselves enough to start thinking beyond just that um, that, that one easy step, right? The easy step is yeah. a track. The easy step is wearing a shirt. The hard step is building a relationship and truly diving into your experience with Jesus. And that's where the yeah. challenge comes. And I think that that's what we have to challenge ourselves with is we're, if we are going to evangelize, we need to evangelize with our personal story. We need to evangelize with the true meaning of Christianity the true meaning of Jesus and move away from the, the, the things that are painted falsely about Christianity, things that are painted falsely about hell and creating fear and just pointing yeah. to the hope and love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And that is when yeah. evangelism is healthy. That is. All right. A little detour for a second. Yes. You know, uh, when you're talking about whoever uh, is not, against us is for us um as long as they're not doing damage and bobby i gotta know your opinion on the power team do you know who i'm talking about <laughs> oh i can tell by your face you know what i'm talking about i thought of that just have we not brought up the power team yet so the power team for those unfamiliar uh were a group of we'll call them like a strong men um weightlifters probably yeah and uh they, I don't know if you Google the Power Team and look look for pictures of guys like in tracksuits. I mean, giant dudes, you know. Yeah. And they would sell. They would sell. You know, I think they sold out arenas. But by arenas, I mean like you know your local armory, um, you know your 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 high school gym gymnasium type thing. Right. And uh, they would they would do feats of strength basically, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but they would also share the gospel in it, and I think it was always this, this uh, personal story. Now, when it would get weird is when a guy was going to maybe like break a tube before with his chest, and then he couldn't do it, and then he would pray, and then he would break the two by four with his chest. That's where it got weird for me, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they were smashing bricks uh, with their heads, and they were, you know, I don't know, breaking – watermelons with their knees and that kind of stuff you know and kids are shouting like yeah and then they talk about you know how the real the real uh power comes from jesus you know yeah uh, i thought that was kind of like a harmless fun I, there were very few people that took it seriously but i'm telling you these guys like these guys drew some crowds so bobby i ask you what is your take on the power team <laughs> so i i'm also pretty connected with another group that's local to West Virginia um, that does stuff very similar to the power team. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to publicly bash either one, right? Because that's horrible. Okay. Because um, that's not that's I'm not in the game of doing that. However, I will say, the the deception um, that's included in their shows. Um, yeah. The the showmanship, the 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 the, I guess the illusion of being super strong, um, where right. they when you see that they have phone books that they rip in half, but yet what they've really done is right. like cut some of the pages to make the phone book loose already. So it's easier to rip, um, yeah. logs that are hollowed out in order to kind of make it a little bit like, you know, they're heavy, but they're not as heavy as what they could be in order to look like you're, uh, and so there's definitely a sense of illusion there that, so that kind of insincerity is, is common in like other entertainments, like, like a magic show or something, but this is like, we're trying to share the gospel. You know? Right. And they're trying to share the gospel in a way of saying, look at what I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. Um, yeah. That's a misuse of that scripture horribly, but, um, but that's what they, but a lot of times that's what people use to, to define it. Um, you, they use it to kind of use the idea of like, look, the Holy Spirit is so strong in me. Like, look what I can do. And the 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 problem with that theology is that now we've kind of placed this thing of if you can't get through it, then apparently you don't have a strong enough faith. Um, uh, okay. So it's kind of a slightly different message than what what we're really trying to send. Right. I think that you know they. I think there's good intention again. Um, and you know again, if they're not if they're not against us, then they're hey they're for us. Um, but the reality yeah. of it is, though, is that there's a lot of healing that has to get done from these kind of evangelistic movements because people come uh, in expecting the God that helped these people uh, lift or break through burning bricks, that when they're able to br- break those burning bricks and saying that the power of God will help us get through any struggle, pain, that you know we can do whatever, and then when, yeah. when they go through their trial and God is not really there helping them get through it or they don't feel that he's there helping them go through it or they, they're not supposed to be facing this pain because, you know, they've watched the power team like, and they're praying and they're doing all the work and then nothing happens. Well, then maybe we're just not strong enough. We need the power team. And the power team is like, uh, wait a second. We were just a show. Like we'll pray for you and that's okay. Um, but we're just a show. Like we're just here to pump up your, your, your energy, get you excited for Jesus because you know, that's who he is. And then, but after that, like, good luck, you know, and, um, right. you know, um, it, it's just, we, we, again, we have to be careful with these kind of things because the deception that's there, people expect, um, these guys to be super strong, tearing up, tearing phone books. But in reality, like I said, when they're already pre-ripped, uh, that's not, that's not anything except for you putting on a show. And then when people say, okay, well, what's your relationship with Jesus like? Oh, man, I love Jesus. Well, is that a show too? Um, and so I don't – So I don't like Billy Graham's evangelistic crusades were never a show. He was just up preaching the gospel, right? Um, and look at all the yeah. people who came to know Jesus. And um, again, I question sometimes like the follow-up on a lot of those people when you have like – yeah, to thousands upon thousands of people coming forward, and how many of them are repeats? You know, all that stuff. Like, that's always a question that I have in these evangelistic movements, um, Harvest Crusade, yeah. places like that. Um, 
not saying they they aren't good. I'm just saying that when you have people who are coming down, they go to every single Harvest Crusade or every single Billy Graham Crusade, and every single time they're coming down and they count them, then how many? Like, okay, you know, um, you have to be you have to be wise to kind of work through those things, and you have to you have to remember that maybe sometimes evangelism isn't as hard as we've made it, or we, uh, or yeah, we, like a big production has. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to have a giant platform to be able to do it right. Yeah. When evangelism right. is just really a, a good one-on-one, maybe even like a, I mean, you can have a group, but it's really a, a good relationship opportunity. And if you don't take it, then you're missing you're missing um, a great purpose in our in our call with Jesus. Yeah. So, well, I just have one more question. Um, did the power team quit because there are no phone books being made anymore <laughs> or are there just no more phone books because the power team destroyed them all? Um, I believe the power team is, is the power team even still going? I want to know that. Um, I'm not I just sure. looked it up and the answer is no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another such organization you know what i mean it doesn't seem like a thing that would end it seems like somebody else is going to pick up the baton you know or the burning brick if you will yeah so i put a brick on fire i'm i've been thinking about that lately because i was reading the old testament where the prophecy was that the, the citadels of a city would be burned to the ground and i was like are they made of wood yeah <laughs> i guess yeah I'm, i don't know but yeah i don't know i'm the the whole thing is just an interesting interesting deal, but the reality of it is is that um, you know, we have to be wise in how we're how we're listening to people evangelize. We have to be yeah. wise in the in the tools that we use to evangelize, and we have yeah. to be and we have to be willing to um, rethink how evangelism has been done in the past and recognize that maybe it hasn't been done completely well. Yeah. So, well, there you go. All right. Yeah, I think that was a just a fun light lighter, but um, lighter. It was lighter than coronavirus and lighter than racism in America. <laughs> yes, this was, this was more like a how can we have proper mindsets and proper attitudes, and you know maybe look for look for. Um, you know, kind of separate the sheep from the goats in terms of how this goes on, you know. Yeah. Not quite, uh, not quite the, the life or death situation that we've been talking about, but definitely something important. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I again, always appreciate the conversation, and I th- hope that this conversation was good for those who are listening. Um, if you yeah. if you like what you're listening to, if you enjoy what you heard, please like, share, um, rate, our uh, podcast wherever you're listening to it um, because we love to have more listeners and leave a comment really we, we like to respond to comments um, we don't have nearly enough comments in my opinion so um, on our on our podcast uh, page or site on iTunes or any of those so so do that because we like to see stuff that you guys enjoy yeah we either get uh, no comments or we just get one comment that's like a nine paragraph essay yeah <laughs> Yes. And let me go ahead and say this last thing too, if we still have listeners going on, um, to please 
think about topics. If you have things that you would like for us to address, um, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on specific deals or ideas, um, please let us know because we um, sometimes we cannot think of things enough. And so um, we'd love to have other ideas. And so if you want us to speak on something in particular, please share it because we'd, love to, we'd yeah. love to do that for you. So with that, um, thanks again for listening to the Frankincense Podcast. I am Bobby. I'm Jared. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.